Season 2, Episode 1 of Let's Be Nerds. I'm your host, Stephen Jay, and I've got quite the panel with me here tonight. I have Lizette, Gordon, Dylan, Delaney, and Eric. Lizette, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm keeping myself busy over here building some magic decks right now. Um, but other than that, haven't been up to too much. How are you? I'm good. I miss you. I feel like we haven't talked in forever. I, yeah, it's definitely I, been I, a hot minute. I love that Magic the Gathering is like slowly like sweeping this whole group. I think it's going to be a very heavy factor in Season 2. Yeah, I know it's something we've been wanting to talk about for a while. I think, uh, I think this might be the right time uh, in this coming episodes here to get started. Mr. Gordon, how are you? I'm pretty tired right now, to be honest with you, Steve. I'm also excited for season two and um, everything we're gonna try to do, all the different topics and stuff we want to cover. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know about you, but it kind of felt weird not recording for the last few weeks. I mean, it's it was a weird time glitch where it's like it was going fast, but it always felt off because we weren't recording. Yeah, I got a little bit more free time to, uh, to, to do that shit and lie down in my bed all day. <laughs> you need rest sometimes. Miss Delaney, how are you? I'm tired. <laughs> oh no, did you have to work today? No, I was off today, but it's been a very, very, very long week and a half. Well, you finally getting some time to decompress a little bit? Yep, finally. Good, I'm glad. Dylan, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm great. I'm finally getting over pretty much a almost three-week bout with COVID. So, I was going to say, I last, time heard, <laughs> last time we heard from you, you were a little bit down on the count for New Year's Eve. I'm glad you're back and feeling good. Yeah. Um, and before we continue, uh, if you tuned into our Facebook channel, you would have met him there but if you were not able to join us we have the, one of the newest additions to the show and a friend of capacity a good friend of mine show my friend hello hello thank you thank you uh, it's great to be on here can't wait to really get into some uh, really deep discussions about some of these topics it's uh, already a little little interesting which way we're going for some of these, uh, at least the magic portion of it. I'm guaranteed the computer portion. That was definitely entertaining on New Year's. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you're going to be the uh, straw that stirs the drink a little bit with some of the uh, opinions around here. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, perspective for season two. I would love to play devil's advocate anytime. <laughs> well, we want to begin real quick by thanking our sponsors, uh, Today's show is brought to you by Anchor FM, NordVPN, 
Audible and Code Monkey, and we'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in the show. But our main focus, because we kicked off season one with this, we're going to revisit it at the beginning of season two, and we're going to finally talk about the slightly controversial, in some people's opinions, Star Wars The New Trilogy. So that is the most recent, starting with The Force Awakens and working forward. So let's just get some hot takes, because it seems like no matter who you talk to, everybody has a strong opinion about these. So let's throw it to Lizette. Why don't you kick us off with a yay or a nay on the newer trilogy? So I have a mixed opinion. Um... I like Force Awakens. What was the next one? I've erased it from my brain. Yes, whatever I no, think... Whatever, whatever eight was was horrible, and it made me cry. Um, not in a good way. And then nine was eh. So that, that's my take. So The Last Jedi, Jedi was eh, and then Rise of Skywalker... Last, I'm no, sorry, Last no, Jedi no. was garbage. Yes, Rise of Skywalker was eh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I even mixed them up. Whatever the one was that had the random side quest to a casino was pointless. The last one, wasn't it? No, that was the eight, that was episode 8. Was it? Yep. I only know because of who I went to see it with the mo- at the movies with, so... But yes, so that's my opinion. Okay. Dylan, do you want to follow up on that one? Um, so the first one had... Sh- I had high hopes for the first one, I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. I have strong feelings about it because I grew up and I read the Extended Legends book series. So where they took inspirations and names from, they've really ruined them from how good the book series were. But Disney had good potential, and then, like Lizette said, the second one got worse, and then the third one just kind of, they just wanted to cash out and focus on their little side things and stuff like that, because they realized they were doing better with side things than an actual trilogy. I think Disney bit, bit off more than they could chew with trying to do a brand new trilogy. Yeah, I agree with that. They, they tried to follow a formula they saw that worked for two other trilogies, and then about halfway through realized that, oh, we don't know what we're doing with this formula. We can put the numbers in it, but we don't know what it means. And they really missed the spark that was Star Wars with the trilogies, but they've brought it back with their solo movies and their TV shows. For the most part. There's a couple things, but I have a lot to say. Okay, well, Gordon, do you want to uh, throw your hat into the ring on this one? I respect them enough to watch them, but they're garbage. That's all that needs to be said about them. Okay. <laughs> not, they're not worth, they weren't worth going to see in theaters. Should have waited for them to come out on Disney+, Plus, but I don't think that existed at the time of those going out. It wasn't until the last one, I think. Yeah, I think the last one was was the one. So Delaney, how are you on the newer trilogy? I've seen them all. I can't tell you a single thing that happened in any of them, 
but I remember liking them when I watched them. You can't even tell me Chewbacca's middle name. Why are you like this? <laughs> it's Chewie. That's his first name. Are we really using Chewbacca's government name? I don't even know it. I don't think he has a middle name, to be honest. Oh. I was just messing with her because I knew she'd just look at me like I was insane. Because you are. I just did. I'm going to get my lightsaber learning that. What about you, buddy? What were your thoughts? be honest with you, I kind of binge-watched them all real quick. So they kind of all blurred together like I do. But uh, whenever I watch the original Star Wars movies, it's you sit down and you watch them. Whereas these three, it was like, I'll put them on and play on my phone. Or, you know, I'll do something else. It's just background noise. And they had some pretty decent parts, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't, like, show-stopping enough to really grab me and pull me into it. But uh, they, were, they were entertainment value, I will say that. You know, they, they're definitely something to have on while you're doing something else. Gotcha, okay. I, uh... When I saw Force Awakens, I was very much aware that I was basically watching a retelling of New Hope. And I kind of enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, I don't know, I guess the predictability. And I have to say, it kind of lost me after that. I, uh, I think that maybe the director switched to Ryan Johnson for the second one for Last yeah. Jedi. Yeah. I was going to ask if anybody else thought that maybe that was a big contributor. For, cause it, that it, was my vibe. I feel like it was. Yeah. And then, yeah. like like you said, you felt like watching the first one, it felt like you were watching um, a retelling of The New Hope, correct? Yes. I just That falls into what I said about them doing a uh, rinse and repeat formula with them. But carry on i kind of liked that though i'm not i'm gonna be honest i mean like i would have liked to have seen something new as well but something familiar that i mean it was rinse and repeat but the characters still felt true to themselves whereas when you get done well yes and it, it was done okay not necessarily well but when you get into the next movie and the characters no longer felt like themselves that became a big problem for me. Yeah, it was almost like you were watching whole new entourage, and it was obviously the same actors, but it just there were the pacing was the script was it just didn't feel the same. I definitely remember saying to someone about the Last Jedi, it was a very good sci-fi movie. It was a horrible Star Wars movie. There's a big distinction there to me. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. I uh, I can see what you mean. So I just switched mics. Am I a little bit better to understand? Yes. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know why my that one was crackling, snap crackling, popping. Um, but yeah, I have to say I. Uh, I agree with that. I think that it was it definitely a good sci-fi movie, maybe not the best for Star Wars. I guess this is the next point that I want to get into. 
it becomes really difficult when we have something like this, like how Eric said, the original Star Wars, that was an, an event. When those were on that same chair, totally occupied. It was a part of our childhoods. It was a legacy thing. It's a brand that's got, you know, international recognition. Do you think that at certain points, fan expectation becomes too high, or are we still being realistic and saying, no, those last two movies were just trash? Okay, so I'm going to say fan expectation was a big effect of it, but that's a big effect anytime anything happens. You can look at Spider-Man, you can look at a bunch of other things. My biggest issue with what Disney did with that new trilogy was they had such a rich history going back so far with the Legends universe and that extended universe that they decided to 86 all of that for my restaurant people. They decided to just scrub that away and get rid of such a rich history and already built upon kind of like fan agreed universe that had such solid storylines that would have translated really well to the big screen with minimal changes or even with a lot of changes they would have transferred over well enough to where disney wasn't just straight up copying but instead they said oh we're disney we're gonna just scrub all that so we don't have to pay royalties to anything we don't have to worry about anyone else, and we're going to try to do it on our own without fully understanding how big of a task they were taking on. And I think Disney realized that at some point, because originally they weren't going to have Lucas have any part in it, and didn't they bring him on for a few things? I think they brought him back once they said that the last trilogy is no longer canon, if I'm not mistaken. There have been rumors of him being brought back. See, I thought they brought him back as like a creative consultant at some point. Yeah, that's that's what I thought they did during the trilogy. Like they didn't bring him back to like control it, but they brought him back to consult him with. Which I find hilarious because his original vision for his original vision for Star Wars is so different compared to what he ended up putting on the big screen. Mm-hmm. If you listen to like his interviews and read certain articles and stuff like that, it's completely different. And it's different in a good way and a bad way, and then Disney just kind of made that worse, in my opinion, with the movies. I gotcha. So like, we they, think... Okay. They just looked at it wrong, I feel like, in my opinion. You know, like, they had all the right pieces, and then they put the triangle in the square... The circle in the triangle, they just they just miss pieces. Gotcha. The mouse dropped the ball. Pretty much. <laughs> Eric, do you have anything that you want to add regarding like follow-ups and sequels like this? With the with the new series, it was I think a little bit lack of character development and depth. Like, you know, with Luke Skywalker, you kind of felt for him being, like, the kid, no friends, really, no other family, you don't really know who your parents are. I mean, not that I come from that background. But you still kind of feel for the kid, and he just wants to get out. But you don't really get that feeling from any of the other characters. Like, I couldn't tell you anything about Poe at all, other than he's apparently the greatest X-Wing fighter since Luke Skywalker, which is still highly debatable. Uh, 
very, very debatable. I mean, sure, he's his series was at a time whenever there was much better CGI, much better special effects. So, yeah, you could write him as a better character, as a pilot, as a fighter, all that fun jazz. But I just, I, I didn't get into the characters as much, you know. And I like the actor that they got for Kylo Ren. He's actually a pretty good actor. You know? I love him as an actor. He's an awesome actor. He, I think he owned that role, but it wasn't a good role. <laughs> you know, you can have one of the most tremendous actors in the entire world play just, you know, Barney, and it's still going to be Barney. You know, it's, it's going to be a terrible role for that actor. I agree. I think that the script for him was, it was so much potential, and again, it was fumbled, and it's a shame, because Adam Driver is, is truly talented, but and the character of Ben Solo is a glamoration of two different characters from the original extended universe. Of Ben Skywalker, who was Luke Skywalker, and another major character's son. And then um, Jason Solo, who was Solo's son, who became a Jedi and turned to the dark side in the Yuuzhan Vong War. Two great characters separately that they try to squish together to make their own character and Ben Solo, that was absolutely not the greatest. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't the greatest. And they did our boy Luke dirty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They took him from being one of the best Jedis ever to some old man that drinks blue milk because he thought once, maybe I should kill my nephew. Who cares? Mistakes happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not wrong, though. And then, I mean, I also feel like, like you said, the whole Ben Solo character, they they didn't... It they did him dirty. They didn't use him to the full extent. For being my... who he was and what his bloodline was, they kind of just flopped him around like a fish. Yeah, and like they had, like you guys said, they had an excellent actor for it, and they just wasted so much. Like I was so upset with the end of the third movie because I was like, oh, I I was actually really looking forward to the potential of him and Ray trading places and him coming back to the good side and her turning evil. I I actually wanted to see that. I'm like that would be interesting had they done it properly. I think that could have been a nice twist, but then they didn't do that, and I was really mad when he died. That did happen at the end of the third one, right? Yes. Um, okay. I feel like they should have kept him alive. It would have made for a much more interesting Star Wars series if the two of them had kind of had like some adventures together, like actual adventures and not kind of the random one-offs and stuff they forced upon themselves for the series, for for them to work like they were in the series. And I agree with you, Rey turning to the dark side would be interesting, only if they didn't make her Sidious' his daughter, or granddaughter. Her granddaughter, yes. The fact that that was his granddaughter, I'm glad she didn't turn to the dark side. I like yes. the dark side tendencies and stuff like that. I would have preferred her as either being absolutely nobody, and it's just the Force doing the Force's work, or her actually being a Skywalker somewhere in there, or being a um, some kind of descendant of Obi Wan, which could easily be shooed in in a very brilliant way. Yes, 
Because that's what I was hoping for, was her to be a descendant of Obi-Wan. That would have been too perfect. That would have been awesome. It would have been either a descendant of Obi-Wan or a long, the long-lost sister to Ben. Guys, I could have seen them doing that too. And it's not a... It wasn't or... like a relationship kind of feeling between the two. Yeah. It was the twin feeling between the two. Which would have fulfilled my dreams with how the books work with the solo siblings and stuff like that. But no, of course not. They've ruined my books for me and I will die on this hill. The, the twin thing would have been good. The Obi-Wan thing would have been good. Or I'd even find uh, somebody threw a theory out there that would have worked too. Um, why am I drawing a blank on Liam Neeson's character? Qui-Gon. Difficult. Oh. That falls into the extended use in the book series on how they could have tied that in. I know things about Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon Jinn is the name you're looking for. But that, I feel like, goes back way too far in the series for her to be tied in nicely, neatly, in a sense. True, but it's still, I don't know. There's there's things... They closed that avenue when they got rid of the extended universes. When they got rid of the AU, if the books, they cut off a lot of material. A lot. Dylan, why did they do that? Like, was it just... Disney didn't want to have to pay people for royalties, and that way if they have a original idea just because the books aren't canon anymore, it doesn't mean they can't steal certain ideas from it. It was literally Disney trying to stake their claim in Star Wars by making it their universe. And they trashed it. Wow. I it, had no idea. It was one of the biggest things that upset me when Disney bought Star Wars. Because I was initially excited. And then, like, a month later, they said, the extended universe is no longer in existence. We're restarting it. I said, what the hell? You're getting rid of, like, 20 years worth of books and just a rich history of Star Wars that I grew up on. I gave examples of that when we did our New Year's event, and I was answering certain questions with certain answers because that's what they used to be. And now that's no longer what it is. Because Disney wants to do their own thing. Stupid mouse. The mouse is evil. He's not evil, he's just stupid and clouded in his judgment. And he realizes that now, and they regret it deeply, I guarantee it. To be on that boardroom meeting calls. Um, so my next question is: Are you? Is everybody familiar with the term a Mary Sue? Yeah. No. no. So, in like, I guess I don't know if it's an actual literature term or if it's a fandom term. Essentially, it is, it's. Uh, I can give you a little bit of history where it came from one of the Star Trek TV shows. We're talking so about Star Wars, not Star Trek. Get out of here with that crap. I'm just saying where the term came from. I'm not changing the subject. Um, so I was going to say, I didn't think it was actually from proper literature. I just didn't seem, you know, uh, but not to say this stuff isn't literature or whatever. Anyway, Mary Sue, correct me if I'm wrong, what is that? It's essentially a female character that is infallible. They can pick up a gun and they're the best shot. They can know how to solve every puzzle and they can, you know, basically they're just, uh, think... Captain Marvel, that, that recent Marvel movie, Captain Marvel, think of that. So there was a lot of debate in discourse. What? 
I, I would I, I wouldn't consider Captain Marvel Mary Sue, but I know what you mean. I, I do know what you mean. I can read you off a definition out of dictionary.com if you want real fast. Sure, that'd be great. Okay, so Mary Sue is a term used to describe a fictional character, usually female, who is seen as too perfect and almost boring for lack of flaws, originally written as an idealized version of an author in fanfiction. So that's what I was talking about. The um, original Mary Sue character was named Mary Sue and was from a fan fiction called A Trekkie's Tale from 1973 based on Star Trek. So it's usually a character who is representative of the author of fan fiction or meant to be representative of the audience now if you're seeing it in movies. Hmm. Okay, then maybe I am... Not, uh, see, I was under the impression there was a huge debate about Ray being, and yes. I just didn't know if, where everybody fell on that debate. I wasn't remember... at first, and then she became one. Yes, yeah. Like, that was sort of the impression that I got, but first movie, she kind of was and wasn't. Second movie, she was and wasn't, and the third movie, she definitely was. Which a lot of people will defend that to their dying breath. I'm only saying that because she's female. No, I actually really liked Ray. I liked what they were doing with Ray. I thought Ray was going to be really cool. And then they just kind of flopped a bunch of stuff on Ray really fast. With very little explanation. It goes back to what you were saying about the pacing of it. Who said that? Who said the pacing was off? Of the movies. I believe it was you, Steven. Yeah. And I think Eric may have agreed. Well, no, Eric, you just said it's background noise, basically, which I yeah. love that description for this trilogy because it's very accurate. Yeah, kind of backgroundy noise and not really deep uh, character development for it. So, yeah. The, the characters were just suddenly given things or suddenly knew how to do things or had a sudden background effect. They did it to all the characters except for Finn's, which they actually really dropped the ball on Finn as a character and with that actor but ray went from being a desert scavenger into a jedi badass in three movies that don't get me wrong that's exactly what happened with luke but even then luke wasn't a jedi badass he was just a he was the last jedi he technically still lost in the last movie Hmm. unlike ray who suddenly had a million force ghosts speaking to her and giving her a bunch of power and stuff like that Mm-hmm. And then um, look at Poe. Poe's character just was a pilot that was really good. He was your new Han Solo. Into he suddenly has this certain background, these certain characters, which allows him to do these certain things that has never been talked about. And they even joked about that the entire movie through the character Finn with Poe in the third movie or the second movie about how he suddenly knows all these things. If anyone remembers that. pretty much on his ass the entire time going what's going on why is all this happening why do you know these people why do you know how to do this for no reason for no reason were they suddenly questioning poe like that and it it was just very random shoo-ins of things and then characters were just infallible and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it just seemed like very lazy writing yes yes 
It, it was very much stick to the plan, stick to the formula. We're going to make it work. I don't care if it doesn't make any sense because people are still going to fill those seats and it's still going to fill our pockets. Mm-hmm. Is what that this newest trilogy was. Ultimate cash grab. I'm rambling way too much, I feel like, and I apologize that I do that. I'm just a very large Star Wars fan that I'm one of those fans that feels hurt by it. What Disney has done with certain things, but then Disney has redeemed itself with other things. Well, I can tell the wound is still wrong, and your rants are appreciated. We are going to take a quick break real quick to hear from our sponsors. Um, And when we come back, I would like you to tell me a little bit of the redemption. You know, we got to do a little bit of the negative. We got to do a little bit of the positives. Let's revisit some of the redeeming things that they've done recently. Internet privacy and internet security are two very hot button issues. Any active user of the internet understands that you are always taking a risk, whether it be your private Wi-Fi at home or a public Wi-Fi connection, you are always at risk for somebody potentially hacking and breaching your data. That's why we here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds have partnered with NordVPN. We believe the services that they offer are of tremendous value. We believe they have a customer-focused service regarding your internet security and your internet privacy, and we support them 100%. If you click the link in the description box below, you can see the services that we are able to offer to our listeners through NordVPN at somewhat of a discount in order to better secure your internet experience. Help us support the show and support NordVPN and the incredible work that they're doing by clicking that link down below. And we're back. Okay, so Dylan, let's get into this. Let's talk about how the mouse has redeemed itself with uh, some of the stuff you want to get into here. Well, I, I rather hear what everyone else thinks the mouse has redeemed themselves with Star Wars, whether or not it was in the new trilogy or anything like that before I ramble on about random things that make sense to only a few Star Wars people. Okay, so... What does everyone else find redeeming about it? Like, Eric, what do you find redeeming about what the mouse has done with Star Wars? I'm actually really curious. You've been very quiet, and I want to hear more. Uh, Definitely The Mandalorian was an amazing series there. I loved it. You know, since you saw... Uh, Boba Fett the first time in the original series and it just what is this person this bounty hunter why is he different than all the others and you know having their own it's it's their own religion basically is what they are the Mandalorians on Mandalorian and then they finally gave it a full proper addressing I thought that was amazing and you know you could really jump into the Mandalorian and really feel for those characters I thought that was excellent that was definitely a needed thing, as uh, you know, Boba Fett didn't do much in the original series. You know, he kind of, yeah, he caught Han, and then he fell into a hole with teeth, and then uh, that was about it. But um, other than the Mandalorian, I think um, Rogue One really started to grow on me as well. The first time I saw it, I was like, eh, it's kind of crap. 
But then as I kept watching, I was like, yeah, that's how it should be. Everybody needs to die. And that was perfect. Like, I thought they nailed it. Like, I honestly, it did take me like four or five times watching it to really appreciate what they did with it. And some of the characters I didn't really like, but the just the story behind it, everything that leads into New Hope was perfect. That was a perfect tie-in. And I, uh, I absolutely love that movie now. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on how you just explained all that, and I'm glad there's someone here that agrees. Um, yeah, Star Wars can't just be all happy. We pull it out at the end there. You know, everybody's fun yeah. and safe and happy, which, yeah, sure, they did. They've completed their mission, but at the cost of their own lives. And as viewing it from the Rebellion standpoint, that's what... The rebellion has to do. They they had to pull out every trick they had, they have in order to give a new hope, to try and bring down the empire. And you know that's it's just a, a, just an amazing way to end a film. You know, just just kill everybody. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I yes. Gordon. Yes. What do you think the mouse did to redeem itself for Star Wars? Hmm. It's kind of hard to redeem themselves for the atrocities that they've done to those three movies. But they they did something right with Star Wars, but that's only because of the person they have directing the TV show. That's all. It's because they brought on the right director, they brought on the right crew, and they stuck to the lore. So you can't even say it was the director for The Mandalorian because they had different directors for a few of the episodes. Did they? Dang. They did. I don't follow that enough to... Yeah, so actually quite a few of the episodes were done by different directors each time for The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that is one of the things I loved about The Mandalorian because The Mandalorian proved that it's possible to make good stars with multiple directors. They did a good job with The Mandalorian. They're doing okay so far with the Boba Fett series, but we won't go into that. We can't yet. Boba Fett is very much middle of the road right now. It's too young to say what they're doing with it, and they're definitely doing something different with it from The Mandalorian, and I appreciate that. I fully agree. It's going to be, it's going to be different enough that it's going to give all of us some... I don't feel like I'm watching the same show, and I like it. Exactly. It's going to give us all something to get hooked on while we're waiting for the Obi-Wan series to come out. Please and thank you. I'm pretty sure that's all we want. We don't care about any of this other stuff. We just want to see Ben Kenobi again. Honestly. Mm -hmm. See Ewan McGregor again. I absolutely love him. Who doesn't? I mean, him and Ryan Reynolds are the two men that could turn me. You know, I feel like Jason Momoa could fit in there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Aquaman! But, um, so, like that. Yes. What redeemed it for you? I'm curious. You, I am curious about. I know you're a bigger Star Trek fan than Star Wars fan, I feel like. So. Yes. Um... It was the Mandalorian for me because I was just kind of like, eh, 
about it, but then I found out that Pedro Pascal was playing the main character, and I loved him in Game of Thrones. I'm like, obviously, I have to watch this because I want to see his lovely face again. And then they didn't show it for the whole season. All season one, except for maybe yeah. the last episode, I think. Yeah, I was just like, well, by that point, I was hooked. Um, but no, like, I, I did really enjoy. It, it took me a little while to get into season one. I was like, this is this is interesting. I like it. But I wasn't sure where it was going. And then I think it was episode three. I was like, all right, now I'm hooked. But at the same time, when they were releasing it, I think I had some other stuff going on in my life that was keeping me from being, like, all in on the show. Um, finished out season one. I was like, okay, I need season two. Drew and I watched season two together um freaked out on the season finale because we were watching them pretty much either the day they dropped or the day after so we got no spoilers we're still trying to get my father-in-law to watch them we're holding uh the future wolverine video game hostage until he uh, finishes up watch this no i thought he had watched at least the first season no he didn't even finish the first season he only made it halfway through that honestly, that doesn't surprise me. Dale's never been a TV show man. Yeah, but it's stuff that he loves. So no, I'm I'm holding the Wolverine game hostage until he finishes, catches up on the Mandalorian, and catches up on all the Marvel shows. And he's really upset about it. But I told him that's what he gets because I've been telling him for a year and a half that he needs to watch the shows before he gets too many behind and yeah. can't catch up. Yeah. He actually looked like he was going to cry when I told him that, but anyway. Well, it's Wolverine, so... I know, that's why I, I thought... He probably would cry if it was a Batman movie, to be honest. Well, that's why I thought it would motivate him. Like, it's a but... Wolverine video game, but anyway. But, Steven, I, I want to know if you're the final one, are you going to say The Mandalorian as well? Or did you think the mouse didn't need any redeeming? No, I definitely think it needed a redemption arc, 100%. I, um... <laughs> I actually didn't even bother to see The Last Jedi in, film, in theaters. I actually waited it out and I believe watched it on Disney+. Plus. And um, so I was pretty frustrated, needless to say. And the, I have to say The Mandalorian did redeem it for me. I uh, thought it was very well executed. I uh, really... Sorry, I'm getting a lot of background feed here. Um, I... Uh, really enjoyed Grogu especially I think everybody's kind of make my seen my memes I mean that was well, basically what I got for my entire Secret Santa this year at work was Grogu related things um, but no similar to Lizette I knew pa Pedro Pascal from uh, Game of Thrones so that immediately excited me uh, I loved the just the look it felt very different yet Star Wars appropriate and um, the storytelling and the casting and seeing the different characters from like other other uh, parts of the universe kind of converging on that it really uh, made me take pause and realize that you know the mouse was getting its crap together for these standalone spin-off series yeah yep mm-hmm so yeah, man, man, so the Mandalorian, I agree that was one of my favorite things that the mouse has done and redeemed Star Wars a lot for me. 
because they really kept to their promise of trying to keep it from the Skywalkers anymore with that. They really focused on the other parts of the Star Wars universes. But one of the biggest things that the mouse did that really redeemed it for me was the final season of the Clone Wars animated series was finally filmed and had an amazing storyline to finish it out to really tie into the new universe that Disney's building. And they really tied it into The Mandalorian as well in the second season with the introduction introduction of Ahsoka as a live-action character, which I felt like they did a pretty good job with her. Not the best they could have done, in my opinion, just because Ahsoka is a much cooler character, but I have to stop myself and remind myself that The Mandalorian is so far in the future of where things take place. And... I think the mouse finally did Luke justice in that season finale. There was no other Jedi that they could have had show up and excel as well as they did. I really wish they hadn't gone for the full CGI look for him. I really wish they had used Sebastian Stan with a little bit of CGI, if any at all, to play that Luke. Sebastian Stan is the only choice for it. I don't care what anyone says. He... He has the will and the passion to do it, and he has the look for it. And I think he even has um, Mark Hamill's agreement of saying, yes, that is who I would want to see play Luke in any new live-action things. Um, I agree with Eric. Rogue One at first wasn't that good, and then you finally have to remember, this is the other side of the Star Wars universe. This is that darker, grittier kind of, we won, but we also all died. Also has the best rendition of Vader on screen ever in like a five second clip. Absolutely amazing. I don't care what anyone says. It revived my love for Darth Vader. I also think the mouse has done well with the newest Star Wars game. Still want to play that. Which one was that? With Cal Kestis, or what's oh, his name yep. was? The, I know what you're talking about. I love that game. I don't care too much for the character Cal Kestis. He's a little... It's interesting. Yeah. He's an, he's an interesting character. Great game. I don't know if they confirmed it canon or not. If you know, Gordon. I think it switched back and forth when it first came out, but I don't think there's anything official on it right now. I hope they officially make it canon. He would be a great character to slide into a live-action universe to go along with a wider cast of Jedi and Force users and not just focusing on the Skywalker mm-hmm. and Solo. It would really help them flesh that out more with nice characters with nice depth. Like, they've proved they can do it with Ahsoka Tano, so I find confidence in Disney to do it with other characters to translate to the live-action screen. Help! It helps that the actor they used for Cal Kestis, they actually modeled his face after the voice actor for him. And Cameron the voice Monaghan. actor does live-action screens. I think he was on Shameless or something like that. Yep, Cameron Monaghan. And, he played Ian on uh, Shameless. Yeah. Because um, I, I think there's a there's another character in that game who was also modeled after the voice actor. Like, all of the human characters. Were. Huh? 
I think all the humans were like yes. modeled after their voice actors and stuff yes. like that. Because I was rec- like I was watching Drew play it, and as he was playing it, I'm like, I I know that person, not the voice. Like I I know that person. Yeah, they did a very good job with that. I thought that was cool. Which leads me to believe it's going to be canon, so they can do live action stuff with it. Which that, that was my thought as well. I would um, be excited to see that. But yeah, I find that Disney has done a lot better with shows and one-offs than trying to follow the trilogy formula, for sure. And I think a second go-around with the trilogy formula, they might be able to get it right, and I think they could do some really special things with it. I agree. I think that they're... I, they have to be aware of the feedback from the trilogies to compared to what they're doing now. They, they have to be taking stuff like that into consideration. They, they, they are. You, you can tell, and you can kind of feel it a little bit more. And then there are some times where the mouse is the mouse and just throws its weight around and goes, no, this is how this is going to be because it's ours now. Still with a few things, but that, that's going to happen. That's- well, real quick, before we continue, I think this is another quick... We're going to take another quick break to hear from today's last sponsors, and we will be right back. Our last two sponsors of the day are Audible and CodeMonkey. Audible is a wonderful application in which you are able to combine your love of audiobooks and your love of podcasts all in one streamlined place. I have been using Audible for about two months now, and I have to say, the experience has been tremendous. I have found that being somebody that's constantly on the go, having one generalized place to find all of my entertainment, whether I'm traveling in the car or listening at work, it has really made my life a little bit easier because I can find everything I'm looking for in one spot and I'm never missing out. I'm staying on top of current things, current events with my podcasts, and I'm making progress on the books that I want to read. We here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds are proud to offer you a 30-day trial with a free credit. All you have to do is click the link in the description box below and you can sign up now and try it for yourself. Let us know what you think because we're pretty proud of this program. CodeMonkey is a very important application. We all know that children are the future, and CodeMonkey is taking that very seriously. With programs for both parents and teachers, this is a fun, interactive way for children to learn coding while gaming. Yes, you heard that right, coding. Teach them young and help them prepare for their future careers in this ever-changing technology environment. CodeMonkey is first in its class in its fun and educational software. We would love for you to give it a try. The link for the dis- the link for it will be in the description box below. And please let us know what you think. I am extremely proud to work with them because I believe that they have a very similar vision that I, I and my co-host share. Children are the future and we need to educate them and get them better prepared for the job market ahead. With that being said, thank you Audible and thank you CodeMonkey for making this podcast possible. All 
right, so we're back from that little ad break. Um, I wanted I wanted to ask everybody, um, what are their thoughts, or if they have any like comments or interesting facts about what they know about what Disney's really been doing with the new film technology and the new techniques and stuff they're bringing to the table to really improve these Star Wars spinoffs and even what they used in the actual trilogy as well. That was really nice. If anyone knows anything, I have a few things, but I feel like I've talked a lot, so I want to share the table. It's like a virtual I, I don't have anything in particular, so... I say take it away, Dylan. Yeah, well, I don't know much so about it. I will, I will bring up one of the biggest things that Disney has done through Star Wars is their de-aging and deep fake technology has gone through the roof. Oh, From yes, it Rogue has. One alone, the scene when they show Grand Moff uh, Tarfin. Yep. I believe. How amazing him and Leia look in those scenes. At first glance, you really don't understand how much CGI goes into that or how much... I don't know if anyone here knows how much deep fake works. I'm a little bit familiar. I've done. It kind of scares me if I'm going to be honest. It, but yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. But but basically, what Disney did was they had a, someone make them a program that uploaded like thousands and thousands of different pictures of Princess Leia and stuff like that, and it basically translate all those pictures into a 3D model that they can mold over a lookalike's face or even someone that doesn't even look like them, that they can mold over a face. So when a person is talking, it looks like it is young Princess Leia. Like, just straight up young Princess Leia. They did it for Luke in The Mandalorian, they did it for Leia, and they did it for uh, Grandma Tarfin. And I believe they did it for um, another character in one of the trilogy movies. I don't remember who. But um, Disney currently holds the best deepfake technology right now, I believe, out of all uh, production companies and stuff like that. And another big thing that Disney has started using is they teamed up with um, ILM, I believe is what the company is called. And for The Mandalorian, a lot of the sets, they look realistic, right? Am I wrong? Like, a lot of the sets look really good. It looks like they built them, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So what they actually did was they kind of built, like, just the floor, and it's actually a big kind of, like, semi-curved blue screen in the background that is virtually running the scenery. It's doing the lighting, and that has a big effect on the After Effects team afterwards, and it really helps with production value and stuff like that. So your um, After Effect teams don't have to play with lighting as much because they already had a virtual set. Your actors can get more immersed in their roles because they can kind of look around in certain points and see the area of the world they're in. And I feel like you can see that majorly affect the acting and stuff like that. And we just lost Lizette. Power went out. Awesome! Yep. Oh no. The show that must go on. Great. The show must go on. No shall go on. We will miss you, Lizette. Praise thee, be the book dragon. And be safe. <laughs> and hope the yes. comes back. It's the middle of be safe. 
<laughs> well, with that little technical difficulty. Carrying which... on. <laughs> yeah. Let's... Um. I don't know. I'm just really proud of Disney and the steps they're taking to increase production value on TV shows alone. Just, just the way they've kind of upped the bar on that. I feel like Disney, Disney has a habit of upping the bar on things. Yes, but it was really good. Like that's one of the big things for the Mandalorian for me was the amount of effort that went into just the TV show is great. And that's pretty much all I have left to say. And I'm just hoping to see Disney stay on a kind of steady track with everything. Yeah. You can't take any more heartbreaks or open wounds, can you? Honestly, no. You'll never lose me as a Star Wars fan, but you'll lose me as a Disney Star Wars fan. Like, I kind of don't even want to visit the Star Wars Disney parks at all. Yeah, those some the I seem like they'll be disappointing. I didn't even know those were a thing. Don't get me wrong, but it's just it's not my Star Wars universe they have built there in Disney. Uh, yeah, they they made it so all fluff and all that for little kids, and it's not for the adults that go that want the this all the goodness that was Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. No. It. it it's not my Star Wars at this point, really. Where are those? Where are the parks located? At? Huh? Florida, California. I think there's one in Japan. I think there's Is it one just in, in the Disney parks. Yeah. Oh. Pretty sure it's just located in the Disney parks. I haven't been to Disney in a long while, but. Main. Yeah. Hmm. You were there. Okay. I was three. But yeah, I mean, I, does anyone else have anything they want to bring up about Star Wars? Like, I don't know, like a fun fact they may have, or, I don't know, something that just burns inside of their gut? Gordon? Hey, hey. The stuff I want to talk about will be saved for the episode where we talk about Boba Fett, because that's what I want to talk about. And it's just going to be his character in general. A little sneak peek for those who are going to be uh, listening to the next episode. Going to be overview on the Boba Fett character and, you know, dive into how he got that Mandalorian armor that he wears. Most people know that. Well, yeah, but some people don't. Some people do. We're just going to have a nice, lovely chit-chat about how how he came to be. And we're not going to spoil anything from the show because we aren't about spoilers here unless we're talking about Marvel. Yep. <laughs> we put warnings on that. Mm-hmm. We put warnings on it, and and no one listened because they hadn't seen the yeah, movie yet. Yeah, exactly. And at this point, it doesn't matter if we spoil it because if you haven't seen it now, no one else has already spoiled it for you. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to say, since we're talking about the new trilogy, we did lose somebody pretty incredible, both within the Star Wars universe side. For those of you that remember, during the filming process of the new trilogy, we lost Carrie Fisher. Uh, I do think that they did right by her in a sense. I mean, I still am getting adjusted to that. If somebody that you know really wasn't there filming is, you know, the whole deep fake thing. Well, puts me off a little bit, but, you know, she was a legend. And I'm glad that, you know, 
know we got to see her. And... Yeah, I'm glad we got to see her finish out a role. Yeah, I uh, they, I they did it respectfully. I I will agree there, but I'm also gonna have to say that the way that they, I will say this with the most respect I can, completely in the most bullshit way made her survive while floating out in this middle of space. That was bullshit. That was just complete, utter, made no sense to me. It was definitely a, a unneeded twist that wasn't executed as well as it could have been. Yeah, it was just kind of thrown in there like, hey, guess what? Deal with this. And it... You never, it, it's never really explained if, like, you never really see her using the force, and then all of a sudden, at least in the movies, in the movies, you don't really see her using the force, and all of a sudden she pulls herself back into the spaceship. I mean. Yeah, they, they do suddenly throw in, oh, yeah, she does have Jedi training, but she never finished it. Oh, of course she didn't. Which would be a l great, great show to see. E even if it's, like, uh, one of the, um, visions versions of what they've been doing showing some different variations of the training of the I different touch, about, touch upon star wars visions because that's a whole episode in itself that is one of the best things disney has done with star wars yet was make visions it, it is a beautiful beautiful thing we're gonna have to save that for another time though because like i said that could be a whole episode in a whole episode in itself and different segments for each episode of Visions, and how amazing Visions was. That, I didn't I, even want to get into that because it was going to restart the fire in me. And well, I'm going to restart it a little it. bit because we're we're talking about it. I want to just I just want to say my, my favorite one is the the two Siths going at it. I think it's episode nine the in the twin. Visions. Um, not the, the twin. Top one, they're shoving the um. It's the the black and white, really sketchy, like art style sketchy black and white that's the first one that's the first one, that is the first first one? one. yeah that... that is the first one and that is my favorite I... one Ex they, that is the best the one inspiration that lucas had for star wars which was old samurai movies and you don't realize it until someone tells you and you're looking at stars you go oh crap this is literally an american that made a samurai western in space and i like that first one so much because it, you're led to believe, oh my gosh, this guy is such a cool guy. This has to be a Jedi. Like, he, there can't be anything else. And then it's just a red lightsaber. He just whips out a... A Sith on a redemption arc. I could watch a whole six-series anime just about him and his little art unit with the wicker hat and rockets. That was... No, that... I'm sorry. No, this is bad because I can ramble on about these for a while. I I know, but that was such a good episode. It was by far the best one that they did for Star Wars Visions. Good because each episode had brought something different to the table with different styles. The music was awesome. I don't care what anyone says. That was a great episode. As much as it paid me to watch it, when I went back through again, it. I loved it. Um, yeah. The episodes of the lightsaber smith. Oh, yes. I honestly didn't really expect that twist out of them in the I, end. I didn't of either. Dark Jedi. It was, it, was su it was such a good twist. It was no. so subtle. It was well done. And it was all but awesome. one. Like, he, he pretended to be a bad guy. Then he was really a good guy. It, yeah. it was just... They, they did such... They did Vision such a great job. 
release for Star Wars. I'm really sad I didn't bring it up, but I knew it's because I would never shut up about it. And I'm really glad you enjoyed it as much, Gordon. And it doesn't surprise me because I know you're an anime fan. Oh, yes, that's exactly why I loved it because it, it was every single style of anime I like they had, and I just want more. But we're going to be saving the rest of this talk for another episode, or this is never going to end. This will never end. I'm holding, I, I will, where did I stick my light? I'm holding my lightsaber now. I, <laughs> I, window, I, I swear, you can ask Delaney. I can't reach mine. It's all the way across the room. Use the force. God, the force. Yeah. I wish that was real. Um, is there anything else we want to discuss in this episode, guys? No, I think we're gonna bring it on home if everyone's all set. Sure. I mean, yeah. You know, me and Gordon will go on about business. <laughs> all I'll start. I'll start streaming it to Discord right now. We can all watch it. <laughs> to go stick it on when we're done recording just just some background noise i'm gonna have to as well now Spend just because long. from episode so we'll, one all the way to the last one we'll save it for the next episode or one of the next episodes so everyone <laughs> caught up um delaney we haven't heard much from you on this episode i do apologize i thank you for being here with us i just like listening to everything making memes at this point I'm here for it. I enjoy your meme creation, and I'm just—I'm glad we're back. It's—it's uh, it's good to be back in the saddle and, and creating content with you guys. Eric, how was your first episode? What did you think? This was pretty awesome. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely am a Star Wars fan, and I can't wait to see some of the other things we're going to be talking about. It's going to be—it's uh, going to be really exciting. So, uh, fingers are crossed for the future episodes coming up too. Well, oh, we're glad to have you here. I think it's it was definitely successful. What were you gonna say, Gord? And just just to put it out there, because this is gonna happen this season, we have a community member going to be joining us for one of our Star Wars episodes because he has some really good opinions that we want to hear from. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, yes, it could be any of you guys. If we like your idea that much, we'll invite you on with us, and you can have a chat talk about whatever you're doesn't have to be star wars whatever you want to be about we'll we'll talk with you about it we'll have some fun we'll we'll make it an enjoyable evening for you we'll learn any new subject mm-hmm. we, we all will with new people. my favorite thing about this podcast so far is meeting new people like eric and everyone else and just learning different opinions and learning new things i just i love it we really are building a giant community. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, if you do have a show that you're an idea that you want to pitch or something you want to come and talk to us about, the best way is probably to join the Discord server. Uh, that will be linked down below. Also, if you want to send a voice memo into us here on Anchor, that will be linked down below. We listen to all of them. And also YouTube comments. We do review all of those. That's a good way to connect with us. And with that being said, I want to thank Anchor, Audible, NordVPN, and CodeMonkey for making today's show possible. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. 
Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasy Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds.